that is Lucifer's Hymn, the official Flat Earth International Anthem. Thank you all for joining. It is 12-16-2021, and we are live. Open phones, 833-311-1984. And why did I choose that number? Because 1984 started on 311, if you weren't paying attention. And those of you here who are listening and who have been listening since March of 2020 know that, yeah, we already called this thing out as a PSYOP days before it started, so we weren't surprised. And we're not going to be surprised when the sky falls, whether it's uh, asteroids, simulated asteroids, or CubeSats dropped from stratospheric balloons, or kinetic weapons, rods of God, whatever it is, the incoming space bombardment, uh, we're not going to be surprised. And I'm going to be a helmet refusenik. You're not going to see me cringing in my bed with a helmet on because of the space junk, praying for NASA to shoot it down before it hits me, like all the normies are going to be doing. All your friends who are lining up for the boosters and the vaxes wearing the double masks, yeah, they're going to be the helmet Karens. They're going to say, your helmet protects me. How dare you not wear a helmet? Your mama says, don't look up. OG Fepe says, yes. Pippi says, yo. Everything is a lie says, quote, does everybody hate me still? If you hate everything is a lie, hit one in the chat. Uh, there's a link in the chat if you want to sign up for the newsletter, by the way. Um, look, I started doing the text message notifications again. So those of you getting the text message notifications, uh, I'm going to only send those out when we are live, live, as in not a replay. And also, I have great news. The 24-7 live stream is back on. So if you listen on Mixler, the audio, it will always be live. It'll carry this, or it'll be on a 24-7 loop with all the music and everything else. Okay, so let's go ahead and go through the headlines of today. Quite a lot going on right now. Quite a lot. The first Brit to die with Omicron was a vaccine conspiracy theorist. So you have a death now they can point at. They can celebrate. I think if you go to sorryantivaxxer.com, you can find it there along with Rob Skiba, Mark Parhar, and all the other you know, flat earthers or conspiracy theorists who die of COVID, the media celebrates it. So a man who gave his name only as John died of Omicron. And he was, an, he was a healthy person by all accounts. And that's the main point to take away from it is that the guy was healthy. He wasn't sick. But he was a refusenik and he got what he deserved. He was unsaved. So, and I don't think you can get to heaven if you're not vaccinated. It's not St. Peter at the Gates, it's Bill Gates. And if you're not on the vaxxed list, if you don't have a vax pass, yep, you go straight in the elevator down. I'm not sure how deep. I was actually looking into the Divine Comedy again, just to kind of refresh my memory. And uh, Ronnie and Johnny Laughingberg, the two Canadian flat earthers I was talking about the other day, yeah, they would be properly disposed of in the eighth circle of hell reserved for liars and false prophets. And if you don't know, those are two individuals who actually claim to be the two witnesses from Revelation. All right, uh, phones are open, 833-311-1984. Let me make sure my ringer is on. We've been getting a lot of very interesting calls. A lot of interesting callers. And you know, some people weren't too happy having uh, to get too deep into this uh, flat earth drama. 
But you know what? You have to recognize that what we're looking at here is one of the greatest examples of a limited hangout operation that we've ever seen. So what is a limited hangout? It's when the powers that be want to preserve their secrets, but they can't because they know it's going to leak. So what they do is they leak some of it. A limited hangout, and again, this is from Wikipedia, according to former special assistant to the deputy director of the CIA, you had uh, Victor Marchetti saying, quote, spy jargon for a gimmick of the clandestine professionals. When their veil of secrecy is shredded and they can't rely on a phony cover story, they resort to admitting and volunteering some of the truth while maintaining key and damaging facts. And then the main thing is this. The public is so intrigued by the new information, by the so-called leaks, that it never decides to pursue the matter any further. So uh, case in point here would be Flat Earth. I call it a limited hangout because there's something there. What, the Flat Earthers know something. They do, whether you choose to recognize this or not. And what they know is, is that NASA lies. And we can't rely on their cartoons anymore for our cosmography. Well, as soon as that leaks and people start grasping what it means that the space station is fake, well, you have this movement come out and it's run by a bunch of feds and they say, this is what we live on. And it's got an ice wall and a glass dome and you can't go anywhere. So what it does is it provides some very intriguing new information that seems to leak. They even had this fake person claiming to be a NASA employee leaking information. And then what they do is they steer it into a container for the minds of the people who are intrigued. And that's why no flat earthers have gone to go jump the ice wall. They're like, well, no point in going there because, well, you hit the dome. So to me, the flat earth movement is the very definition of a limited hangout because it prevented anyone from thinking, well, what does it mean if they are hiding this stuff or faking this stuff? And it could mean a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily mean flat. But nobody pursues it further if they're satisfied with the false explanation. Okay, I'm going through comments. Yurt Mama said, I heard the no agenda guy was given a religious exemption by claiming to be a Satanist. An exemption from the vaccine? That doesn't make sense. You would think the Satanists would be lining up for the vax. Isn't it Mark of the Beast? Or maybe they're exempt because they've already sworn their soul to Satan, so they don't actually have to have the operating system injected. But I wouldn't have thought that he would have been of that. I would have thought he was a little more uh, Christian. Shows what I know. You can't really assume. And Satanists, by the way, aren't what they, what we would think listening to the Pizza Gators. Uh, they don't eat babies. They don't do frazzle drip, cutting people's faces off. They don't sacrifice goats. Satanists today are basically just uh, liberals doing cosplay, advocating for abortion rights. That's pretty much it. I don't even think they openly espouse any belief in black magic anymore. I think they phased that out. It's gone underground or something. You know, that's something I wanted to talk about. Uh, magic. And I'm going to make that a topic for this Sunday. Sunday, we're going to have a panel um, show. Take, it'll take a few hours to go through it all, but I have a few uh, topics I want to go to. Uh, having to deal with the occult magic and media and where these intersect. Because it's pretty clear to me that the mass media is run by a bunch of wizards and warlocks with... OCD, and they're constantly programming all of the major stories with their signs and symbols and numbers and colors. There's got to be something to it, and we're going to investigate. Eric Avere says, did you heat the Mark Sargent leak IPS? 
Right, good question. So Mark Sargent was the one who condensed the flat earth idea into 12 simple quote clues. And I don't know if any of them are actually valid today, but you know, he ended it with they're concealing the shape of the world because they don't want you to know that we're in a a god-created universe. That's uh the flat is almost besides the point. But when this whole um, thing started leaking out there, I thought, well, we need to find out who's real and who isn't. And so we kind of, I think, I'm talking about we, Infinite Plane Society, we decided, you know, let's go ahead and force this out into the public. So we did engage in a few publicity stunts. I did go to a city council meeting, and I, I didn't say the Earth was flat. I said the space station's obviously being filled underwater, and that's a problem because there's so much money going there. And I use the name Mark Sargent so that when this story went viral, or if it did, and it was all about the bubbles in space and the space station, well, it would go somewhere where the public would be uh, exposed to the flat earth meme. The same reason we did the billboard with the research flat earth. It wasn't that we said it is flat. It's like, let's take this conversation out of the limited hangout operation of YouTube and see what happens. And we've all seen what happened. I think it broke the internet. They certainly ruined YouTube over it. Everything a lie says clues are dookie. Uh, if you want to call in 833-311-1984, maybe you can elaborate on that. TC says, every time I hear Satan, I think of the church lady from SNL. I think of Klaus Schwab whenever I hear Satan. All right, let's move on. Um, Alex Fernandez says, Luciferianism is a religion of the elite. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a misconception. I don't think the elite worship Satan or Lucifer, etc. Um, what they worship is actually just Christianity, but it's the esoteric version. It's the core, and it's pre-Christian. I would call it Mystery Babylon. You know, it's basically worship of the life force, the cycles of life and death and reincarnation, as personified by the earth god, mother goddess, and then the uh, the sun, and its daily battle with night. So the sun brings the light, Saturn brings the darkness. Uh, this has been taught to us in modern myths, a replacement for the old myths, like Darth Vader chopping the hand off of Luke. Significance there, it goes deep, but for the most part, you're looking at the sun setting, and the set you know, said as the Prince of Darkness, or in this case, the Dark Father, Darth Vader, chopping the hand off Luke. Well, that represents the severing of the fellows of the Sun God, the sword hand, and the sword, the light saber. So what happens next? Luke falls because he loses, the sun sets, he goes below the horizon, and then he hangs in Cloud City. And you can actually, if you watch Star Wars, he's hanging from a cross. After which he's picked up and then he has a sword hand reattached. And then he's in the ship with his new hand and his new sword. Well, this is just another version of the Christian myth. Same story, Satan versus Jesus. It's just night and day. It's a recycled myth. So, no, I don't think it's safe to say they worship this. To me, it's more about um, they understand the uh, real meaning, I think, behind the myths. But there is something else to it, though. Beyond the story, beyond astrotheology, beyond their obsessiveness when it comes to synchronizing events, the ritualistic nature of it all, there has to be something else to it. A lower power. I mean, just here's an example. Mercury's rising, 9-11-2001, 8.46 a.m. First tower's hit, 8.46. Then you look at George Floyd. 
kneeled on for 846. The sun set that day at 846. Uh, this type of coding goes so deep and it connects all these events and it shows the hidden hand behind it all. Victoria Panda says Satan is a Christian construct. Well, the Satan as we understand him today is mostly a literary construct, sure. But as the um, personification of uh, darkness, you know, this light versus darkness thing, uh, yeah, it, it's to me it's it's about astrotheology. It's the um, the whole religion is based on the drama above, and of course the four seasons, and no one can escape this. If you ever played cards, the deck of cards, fifty-two cards, it's the weeks. It represents basically uh, the four seasons, the weeks, and even goes into the lunar calendar. But it's all based on, of course, the sun. And you may not even know, but you know, when, on New Year's, but you're actually participating in the worship of the dog star Sirius, which all the Masons worship. Because at midnight on New Year's, it reaches its highest point before it falls for the rest of the year. So... New Year's Eve is a mass pagan ritual, and there in Times Square you have the ball dropping. Yeah, that represents the dog star, the same star that fell in the Truman Show. All right, let's move on. have a few things I want to go through. Talking about the first person to die of Omicron, or Moronic. And then you have Delta Omicron is what, media control? Okay, so there's these new documents that were released about the JFK assassination. So the declassified JFK documents reveal that Lee Harvey Oswald talked to the KGB. Well, this is all made for TV, acceptable conspiracy theories, but there's a deeper aspect to it that I like to look into, and that is the JFK assassination having been faked. So here's one of the important points to this whole concept that it was faked and that Stanley Kubrick was involved. So Stanley Kubrick's movies are deeply connected with 9-11 and Apollo 11 and the assassination of JFK, among other things. In fact, I think he gives away quite a lot in a lot of his films, but they're all interconnected, and I don't think it's Kubrick. It's some kind of mastermind genius, you know, uh, fooled the world with Apollo 11. No, I think more or less Kubrick is part of a team and it's at the very top of this uh, monolithic media control apparatus where they're writing out a generational psyops, uh, planning these things long, long in advance. So this is something I just, someone pointed this out to me the other day, interesting little connection. 9-11, uh, buildings 1, 2, and 7. Pearl Harbor happened on 12-7, More connections here. Operation AI was the real term for Pearl Harbor. The actual Operation AI was its code name. AI is 19, 19 hijackers. Uh, COVID-19. The 19, these numbers are consistent with all these events. But before 9-11 happened, you had the PNAC, the Project for the New American Century, and you had people like Dick Cheney talking about how they needed a new Pearl Harbor. So before 9-11 happened, it was referred to as a new Pearl Harbor. And you have this 127 code right there. Just one small example of the type of uh, intricacy with which the minds behind this world stage plan everything. So this is an interesting point here, though. And this ties into the idea that the JFK assassination was fake and that Kubrick was connected to it. Not only did Dr. Strangelove 
premiere on that day, 11-22-63. But here's another part of it. So the JFK case, and this is from aarclibrary.org. This is where it's, it's talking about how he was working at Riley's Coffee. So Riley's Coffee, the main source of this information about Oswald's time at Riley's was William Monaghan. Oswald saw four of his co-workers head off to NASA, including the man that hired him and the guy that fired him. Oswald had indicated he believed that he was also lined up for a NASA job. So the significance here. Let's just say hypothetically that we're right, that Kubrick or the Kubrick department was all involved with Apollo 11. And we can demonstrate this in a few ways, but if that's the case, and if it is the case that he was also right there directing the JFK film, well, then it would make sense that Oswald would think he's working at NASA. Maybe he did. But instead of being sent to the moon for Apollo 11, or being set up to be a crisis actor for a 9-11, they're like, you're going to be on the grassy knoll. So this Riley's Coffee connection, and all the employees there going to NASA, Oswald thinking he was going there, kind of suggests that he did, and that he was assigned to that particular PSYOP. That's what I think is actually going on, but the news media is going to say something about uh, he did it because he was uh, working with a KGB. Okay, uh, Ryan Eyre removes anti-vax passenger who was filmed shouting conspiracy theories from the flight from London to Dublin. So what we see here, and I've been talking about how we have these repetition with events, like the 19 hijackers, September 11th, 19 years later, COVID-19, which was preceded by the Atlas comet breaking up, C-19, all kinds of interesting things that were foreshadowing it. But at the time I was saying, we're looking at a PSYOP that's going to replace everything they did with 9-11, but they're going to update it, which they have. So they've updated the ISIS, has been replaced with vanilla ISIS. Al-Qaeda, which means base, has been replaced by the base, the white nationalist group. The Taliban, step aside, you got the Magaban. Everything that they used for September 11th has just been exacerbated and replaced. So the TSA groping pat down, well, they added on to that. Now they get to check your Vax Pass. So they don't just get to see what's in your pants, now they get to know what's in your blood. The mind control's going deeper. The censorship's gone deeper. And of course, this uh, new terrorist threat, the conspiracy theorist, has been radicalized by not the Quran, but QAnon. And incidentally, QAnon and the Quran have the same enemy, which is the great Satan in Hollywood and Western culture. I mean, it's, if you really look at what QAnon is about, it's a replacement for the Taliban, and it's still the same kind of agenda here. That's one of the repeated themes. So I don't think it's a coincidence that you have anti-vaxxers shutting down airports. So 19 years ago, it would have been a terrorist shouting Allah Akbar. Now you got some guy saying Bill Gates is the Antichrist or whatever he was saying. Probably a crisis actor. Fighting lunacy with lunacy, conspiracy theory comes clean. So it turns out, as if we didn't already know this, the birds aren't real conspiracy theories, not a real conspiracy theory. He was doing it to mock QAnon, to mock Flat Earth, to mock anybody promulgating, quote, misinformation. The problem with this whole thing is, is that it's a bad comparison. 
the birds aren't real doesn't have any basis in reality. Most of what we talk about here, that they call conspiracy theory, is actually just observational data. It's not a conspiracy theory, it's an observation that the space station is fake. It's not a theory. We're just trying to figure out, well, why? So here it says, massive billboards in cities across the U.S. have propped up declaring birds aren't real. On Instagram, TikTok birds aren't real accounts have racked up hundreds and thousands of followers. It says here, the events were all con uh, concocted by a Gen Z-fueled conspiracy theory that posits that birds don't exist and were replaced by the government to spy on Americans. So obviously this is ridiculous. I mean, who would really take this seriously? I happen to think this is some kind of MSM CIA PSYOP in order to discredit the idea that there is anything of merit to any of the questions that we're asking. We're not saying anything isn't real. We're not engaging in reality denialism. They want to say that saying birds aren't real is the equivalent of saying climate change isn't real. When, of course, and look here, I mean, there's birds on top of the sign. But again, we're talking about a group trying to mock misinformation with misinformation, and the public won't get this because they don't think the conspiracy theorists have any point because they are true believers. They have actually a syndrome for that. It's called true believer syndrome, where this, this is really something that pertained to uh, psychic phenomenon, people who would go to seances. But basically, true believer syndrome is a term referring to people who continue to believe in a paranormal event or phenomenon even after it's been proven to have been staged. You can consider it a cognitive disorder, but basically, yes, it, this is here. It says here that this describes the psychological roots of fanatical groups, so they can live with the cognitive dissonance. All right, uh, phones are open eight three 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 one one nineteen eighty four. Going through your comments and chat here. Uh, everything is lie. Says I snort fake COVID. Hell of a drug. You know what the thing is that is spreading? It's hypochondria. A lot of people have hypochondria today. I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, the WHO has Manchowson syndrome by proxy, and it's just it benefits from everyone believing that it's trying to save us. It's just a massive psychological operation. Always has been. It's war of the worlds. Oh, look at this. This was uh, something that was posted to me on Discord. No, actually on YouTube, and I went deep into this little investigation. It has to do with Mac Miller. This is something, another example of death fakers or suspected death fakers. And why would you suspect someone of faking their death? Well, generally, they give us plenty of reason. So in this case, this is a short documentary about rapper Mac Miller's final uh, photograph, his last photo. So basically, and this was sent to me by Bull Run, he said, watch his music video self-care. He foreshadows his own death and resurrection. He carves memento mori into a box. Remember, we must all die. He says in his song, so like September I fall, and he died in September. Again, we're talking about the rapper Mac Miller. It says the February before he died, he changed his profile photo on Instagram to Truman from the Truman Show when he finds the wall. 
I brought up the Truman Show earlier. When the dog star falls, that is the satellite that represented the dog star at night, he begins to see the whole thing as a big phony show. And then, of course, he goes to the wall, he takes a bow, and he exits the world stage, or the false world stage. Again, this is from Bull Run. He says, I was a huge fan of Mac's music, so this was hard for me to not notice. He goes on to say, in this documentary here, he's wearing a shirt that says, The End on the back. He was also found in the praying position on his bed with an abrasion on his nose and blood coming from his nostril. So anyway, we're looking at the story of the final photo of Mac Miller before he died. And the main thing about it, the obvious thing about it, is that it's got the all-seeing eye symbolism. And then he has these tattoos on his fingers. But the photo, you've probably all seen it, just looks like, was it Young Dolph? Was he the other one who had the all-seeing eye on his last album before he died? Anyway, nothing to see here. Just a templated world stage exit with somebody throwing signs in advance that it was going to go down like that. Alex Fernandez says, The sun and moon are electrical in nature, positive and negative, and the earth is ground. John Cordone, infinite plane plumber in the house. Everything is a lie, says Mac Miller had revolutionary surgery to become George Floyd. Not bad. I doubt that. I, you know, I have found some very interesting leads with the George Floyd character. By the way, there's a reference to him in 2001 Space Odyssey. There's a reference to Floyd, a guy named Floyd, discussing a fake epidemic used to distract people from some big event. Uh, there's a lot of corona symbolism in 2001 Space Odyssey. I would say even the opening scene. You know, with the apes, the ape people around the monolith, and you have the eclipse above. Okay, let's continue. Again, newly released CIA documents reveal that Lee Harvey Oswald has suspicious meetings before the assassination. Anything coming from the news starts with the assumption that he was assassinated. Now, it comes at an interesting time, since the QAnoners are actually still in Dallas waiting for JFK, who they think survived, went underground, and has come back, or will come back, and admit that he's been Q all along, after which he will unite the world and kill all the bad guys. Now, that's kind of an interesting little story here, too, because they believe that he is Christ, that Jesus came back, and you know what they did to him last time? Well, this time, they just shot him in the head. And yes, Jesus came back as JFK. Jesus F. Kennedy. And he realized that to win the war against the dark side, he's going to have to go underground and come back after recruiting a lot of celebrities like Michael Jackson and Princess Di and his own son, JFK Jr., into the mix here. Now, there's something about this, too, I've been thinking. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has a number one best-selling book on Fauci. And he goes around the country speaking about vaxes around the world. He's kind of known for this now, and I'm wondering, how come he's not saying anything about, oh yeah, my, my dad's going to come back, or my uncle's going to come back, or, you know, like, why isn't he talking about this? Why isn't he saying, go home, you're making us look crazy, um, JFK's dead. The family members aren't doing anything to put this fire out, nor are the Trumps. 
This is from Raw Story. Kooky QAnon conspiracy theorists still wait for JFK Jr.'s resurrection. President Joe Biden released 1,500 of the documents from the JFK assassination out of 10,000 expected to be released. This comes at a time when Q conspiracy theorists wait in Dealey Plaza for his son, JFK Jr., to reappear and reveal that he faked his death. Now, he, this has been covered since, I guess, How did Romeo and I find the right home? November the 2nd is when this started. And it's led by a guy named Michael Protzman, who some believe is JFK Jr. wearing some hideous mask. So it says here, it all makes sense. Where was JFK Jr. shot? Dealey Plaza. Where, where is he going to reappear? Discovery Plaza. Where did Kevin McAllister stay in Home Alone 2? The Plaza Hotel. Who did he see first when he went there? Donald Trump. So, yeah, that's another side to this. There's a, actually a whole other story to it. That the movie Home Alone 2 apparently foreshadows something about this. So it's not over yet. A QAnon cultist who's waiting for JFK Jr. has found proof of the conspiracy theory in Trump's Home Alone 2 cameo. See, that's fascinating that they've connected this to JFK Jr. because I saw this other conspiracy theory video a little while ago that said that John Candy faked his death and came back as Donald Trump. And that Home Alone 2 has John Candy in it in the second half of the film. So... Infinite Plane Radio. Oh, we lost that one. Go ahead and call back. 833-311-1984. I happen to think the John Candy Donald Trump resemblance has something to it. Hey, what's up, caller? Hey, good evening, Tim. Hey. Um, I was... What? Go ahead. Oh, I just said hi. Oh. <laughs> hey, um... I had a, a viewpoint that I, I think you've mentioned briefly in the past um, that has to do with the wizards and the warlocks running all this uh, magic scenery in front of our eyes. Um, I heard somebody mention, and I think it's true, it sounds true to me, that in order for their magic to work, in order for them to get away with the things that they get away with, um, they have to, there's like these rules that they have to follow. There's these weird energetic rules. I don't really understand a lot of that, but they have to present what they're doing in front of everybody's face to get um, a so-called mass um, allowance for what they're doing. So if they show people what they're going to do ahead in by the thousands, as in the media, um, then it makes it okay for them to do it because people are, have this compliance, this level of maybe a subconscious compliance to what's going on. So um, I've heard this before. I've heard this. I don't know where it comes from. Well, actually, I, the first instance of it was from uh, Secret Societies and Psychological Warfare by Michael Hoffman, who called this revelation of the method. And he suggested that a part of deepening their mind control over us was telling us to our faces what we're doing. And our non-resistance in some way is taken as a, uh, a karmic pass for them. So if they say, you know, we're going to... Uh, devour your souls and we just go along with it well yeah that's kind of what they're suggesting there's some kind of karmic rule here maybe a contract yeah yep exactly exactly and they and their magic doesn't work unless they do that it's like part of a rule somehow 
that they have got to. And that's why you see these, like these, uh, the, the halftime shows and stuff like that. Like that, like, let's look at that guy that was like, had a bunch of people looking like him with, um, with surgery. The weekend. Well, if he's one of these, <laughs> if he's one of these, you know, these players at the top, um, he's doing something and he's like going all out to show you what he's doing. And maybe this makes him even more powerful and able to get away with whatever, you know, whatever game he's got going on. This is interesting to me. I mean, I think there might be something to it because last year you had Lady Gaga singing a song called Chromatica, which sounds like Adrena Chromatica to me, but I mean, in the context, because she's playing the song in front of a, an audience and she's got a piano that looks like a giant human brain. And she's wearing these Freddy Krueger knife gloves. And then she's got this mouthpiece on that has this glowing purple light. So it looks like she's reaching into a brain and, you know, I don't know, eating. Like, it looks very cannibalistic, like she's harvesting adrenochrome or something from a living victim's pineal gland. And the song kind of goes along with it. And I'm like, wait, this is the person who sings our national anthem, dressed up like somebody out of the Hunger Games. So they're constantly telling us everything. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. You have a pretty overtly uh, satanic ritual celebrant also doing our national anthem. I know. Is it crazy or what? It's totally overt. And the, you know, these award ceremonies for Hollywood and all of that, um, it's right in people's faces. And I don't know why they're like kind of just gloss over this stuff. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, to me, there's, there's a there there. I think it's very peculiar that, like, for example, AstraZeneca, uh, that came up today because I believe it was the bodyguard of Princess Di is now head of security for AstraZeneca, one of the Vax companies. Well, AstraZeneca has a logo that is quite obviously a triple six. So they're constantly pushing it out there. This is the mark of the beast and in every which way, but you're crazy if you notice it. And that to me is classic gaslighting. And that might be part yeah. of why they're telling us. Maybe it's not revelation of the method or something. Maybe it's just gaslighting you by telling you uh, what you know is what you perceive isn't true, you know, um, basically. I think it's part of their magic. I think it's part of their power and their magic. There's there's some reason because they're hurting a lot of people. I mean, the media and the way that it's freaking people out and they're so afraid and they're stressed out. Um, that kills people eventually. And it, it's detrimental to people's health and well-being. And so these people are, are, are um, you know, they're they're executing these heinous things. Um, to what ends, control, you know, eating louche, all of that. I mean, there's some weird, deep shit that's going on. I think that we just are totally, I think, you know, and it will all come out. It'll come out eventually. This and, is, um, this is wow. why I want to bring the topic around to magic very soon here, because I think it's, it's like you have like this idea that there's hidden technology, suppressed tech. Well, I think that the media itself is a very advanced technology. And when you look at figures like the father of public relations, Edward Bernays, well, he's a blood relative of one of the founders of Netflix. And he's a relative of, well, um, Freud, so Sigmund Freud. So it's like, wait, it goes back that far. So how advanced is this media mind control? And there's this idea yeah. from what Arthur C. Clarke, <laughs> any sufficiently developed technology is indistinguishable from magic. And it's like, totally true. It's totally true. And yeah, how far does it go back? I mean, you've got these bloodlines, you know, there's so many things that you can get into. It is that spider web thing with all the little connections everywhere. And it is there and people like you bring it out 
And then, you know, slowly it starts to eat into people's um, psyche, I think. And, you know, and you're using um, technology in a great way that gets out to a lot of people and, and people are doing what you're doing. And God, <laughs> how long does it take? I don't know. Quite a while. But, you know, the more of us on the on the wagon with eyes wide open and looking at what's going on and, and God, just using some discernment. And like you say, you know, uh, uh, where where are you with this? Are you just complacent and rolling over because it's easy? I don't know. I don't get it. I've well, always 20, asked. I've always questioned authority. 2020, it gave us all an example of what happens if we are um, uh, just kind of quiet and just like sit on the sidelines and watch. Because if the sheep will believe in something, it becomes real by just de facto real. So it doesn't matter if the pandemic was real or if it was just a ruse to... Um, you know, transfer wealth and shut down free speech, but it doesn't matter because the masses believe in it. And I think the mass belief in space junk, asteroids, alien invasion, that kind of stuff is actually a liability to those of us who are clear thinking. That's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate you calling in. Um, call back any time. And hey, by the way, um, how did you find Infinite Plane Radio? I've been asking everyone this. Dude, dude, I found you on uh, Paranormal Radio. You, and I like the picture, the, the penguin with the lightning bolts coming up for wings. And I saw that and I'm like, oh, man, I got to check this out. And oh, awesome. yeah, with you. Okay, cool. I appreciate yeah, that. That was a while ago. Awesome. Yeah. All right, the, thanks a lot, Tim. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for calling. All right. Paranormal.radio. And yes, the penguin with the lightning bolt wings designed by X. Infinite Plane Radio. Thanks for calling back. Yo, what up, Tim? It's One Step. Hey, what's up, One Step? Hey, uh, I just wanted to uh, comment on the last call. Good call, by the way. I didn't catch all of it, but uh, I want to talk about Occam's Razor. I mean, realistically, the reason they put all this in our face is uh, built-in plausible deniability. If they make it obvious, it's like, why would we do that if we were actually stabbing brains playing Lady Gaga drinking adrenochrome out of kids? I mean, that would be ridiculous if we did that. And then they all giggle about it. I mean... Look at what's going on right now with Ghislaine. Like, they're going to let her go. They're going to let her go. I mean, I don't think she's actually detained. I, I think, you know, her and Jeffrey are chilling on Karamar or some shit, you know. But the point being, like, they make it obvious so they can say plausible deniability. Like, I mean, look, we wouldn't be doing this if it would, like, if in just telling you about it. That would be ridiculous. Right. I see what you mean. Like, they kind of fictionalize it. And they put it in the realm of fiction to where it, it I can see that plausible deniability thing. Um, I kind of think it's strange, though, that some of the stuff is so deeply encoded that we wouldn't notice it unless we were really digging. And that's where I get into... The- oh, yeah, well, that's us paying attention to the deeper layers. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, like, the stuff like Lady Gaga stabbing her brain, you know? Okay, uh, yes. Like- you know, like, obviously, like, I'm not saying that it's just plausible deniability. I'm saying, like, that's the, they're, like top layer for like defending themselves so that they can call people like us conspiracy theorists you know you get that narrative out there like plausible deniability but it's undeniable that like some of these people like believe in this fucking magic shit and like it's like we talk about like gematria and number patterns we don't believe in it but it's important to pay attention to it because clearly they do and there's undeniable like connections like it's like what you said um First time I heard you say this, like, it just stuck in my head forever. Uh, Like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You're a coincidence theorist. 
Right, exactly. Because there's a point where it's crossed too many coincidences, there's an established pattern, you have to explain that away. I'm just making an observation. So that makes me an observer, that makes you a coincidence theorist to go with the story that's contradicted by the facts. And yeah, that's kind of been the thing here. Uh, just by calling something a conspiracy theory or linking it to it, they get a lot of people to just dismiss it out of hand. But what do you look at? I mean, look at something like CNN right now, where you got CNN producers connected to Cuomo trafficking children, training them to do literally uh, like yes. his main producer he's had for forever. And people like they still go with the narrative on TV that like, oh, he got in trouble for defending his brother. It's like, no, he got fired because he was doing the same shit as his brother. Like, because he's been sexually assaulting people, which isn't a surprise to anybody paying attention. I don't even think his fans are surprised by that. You know, Fredo no, will no. Fredo if Fredo wants to Fredo. No, I'm not surprised at all that CNN has a basically a, a sex dungeon in the basement that they're all part of or something. And, I, I mean, this is like, it's barely an exaggeration of what we're looking at here because it's like a cult. And they're all in on it. And they got their little slaves. And then, of course... At the same time, they're saying all these QAnoners are crazy. Well, you know, the QAnoners have a point. They really do, as do the Flat Earthers. Maybe they don't know the whole story. Maybe it's mixed with disinformation, but they are noticing some things. And I think people get lost on that. And I, I'm wondering. Well, the, uh, that's the thing is that that's why they put it out there and they basically use it as marketing because if you if you get everybody to think conspiracy theorists, then conspiracists, then they're racists, then they're QAnoners, then you get to wash away all their common sense, like on the face of it, good points or legitimate facts in reality that are provable. You can just dismiss that because you're like, oh, well, QAnon, man. QAnon, well, I mean, the movie Cuties, don't be weird about that. That's not weird. I mean, Q, Q what are you, QAnon? Because Cuties and like, what? why would be Q, I mean... Sure, you can prove that cuties is literally like how child porn is trafficked across the internet. But like, I mean, why are you looking into that? You're the weird one. I mean, don't pay attention to Jeff Zucker. Right. You know what? This is a good point. Uh, that that brought up when that came out. You know, cuties. It kind of showed you where everybody stands and who's going to just have a their eyes wide open. They're just going to kind of ignore it. Not going to say anything. But you know, this is again, we're looking at reality. Um, is that yeah you got these pervs in high places and it doesn't surprise me at all because I consider the MSM to be the church the New World Order Church and the church has always been afflicted with these oh, priests yeah. who are and it's probably just institutionalized yeah I mean and here's the thing too for people that lean right and are like more conservative and think that this is not a problem that's ubiquitous on any side of the political spectrum please look into the CNP which is, you know, an ironic little acronym they have for it, but the Center for National Policy, the Republicans for decades were the really bad ones when it comes to sex trafficking. So don't blind yourself by political ideology. That's all crap. It's a way that they get you to fight with each other and control you. It's more mind games. It's just like the numbers and the coincidences and all that other shit. Don't, don't let political divides like have anything to do with it. You can have your political ideology, but in reality, you can't put it into practice in this country. You're not electing presidents. They're selected. And that's why both parties are just robbing you blind, looting you, and then putting on TV all this shit about how, look, oh, they're letting people loot from Target and from these big box stores. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's a problem. And like, I don't like it. And people will get hurt. And that's all crap. But um, maybe they're looting from the people that have been looting from us for forever. I mean, they're yes. literally taking more tax dollars from you 
to give it to people that are bra- that have been supported from the country, which is actually going to get passed. And they're taking money yeah hey really quick here um the fact is and we have to keep this in mind the first quarter of 2020 uh right after the um the pandemic or whatever uh i think it was like yeah that by that i think by that april or may amazon had made 33 billion dollars you know, by the summer they had 46. I mean, that's a lot of money. It was a massive transfer of wealth, and the looting was a distraction because, yeah, they're stealing stuff from these stores in the street, but the big looting and the permanent um, change of affairs that shifts the balance in favor of a state. And I think all this, too, all this um, this COVID thing was a cover for changing our con- habits as consumers, and they want to get rid of shopping. Oh, 100%. They don't want you to make choices as a consumer because that – facilitates competition between companies no the government chooses the winners and you just go line up and you get what they serve you they're trying to destroy the free market they're trying to destroy things on even smaller like micro levels i mean to the point where like look over in germany they're literally putting sticks in between people so you can't get close enough to build a relationship with another human being so that more people can't make a group and then establish any type of you know, voter base, or, you know, all this other crap. I mean, they do it on a little level, and it's crazy to see what's happening in Germany. I mean, we skip so many levels, but when you make the corollary to what happened in the Holocaust or the Holodomor, look, one of the things they did, like when you talk about unvaccinated, like, and they're driving the wedge between people, one of the main things they did with the Jews in Germany is they started with, oh, don't shop at their stores, now they can't go into stores, and eventually, right before they got taken to camps and put in showers, it was, they they were telling people that don't even shop at un, literally unvaccinated stores because they were saying that the Jews would spread disease and start a pandemic. You can look into it. It was one of the biggest plays that they made. And we jumped all that shit right to if you're unvaccinated, you know, you're the bad guys. And look at what's happening down in uh, Australia. I mean, it's harder to happen here because we have guns, but may, make no illusions. Like you're delusional if you believe that we're, they're not trying to go down that path. You're delusional if you think that there's another side fighting against it. They're not. Uh, Mitch McConnell is just le- like standing there, letting the Democrats do whatever they want. I mean, all these people are getting rich off of it. All you, all they have to do. I'm not making a commentary on uh, you know. On, on, uh, this is, don't read into this more than what I'm actually saying, literally. But like, if you look at any kind of bill that they, they'll get on Fox News and tell you, oh, this is crazy, this is crazy. What, how does it always get passed? Well, they put a little bit of funding for the Iron Dome missiles in Israel, literally. I mean, well, as me... long as you give a little bit more money to Israel, the, Dem- the Republicans let the Democrats do whatever they want. Well, okay, about your... Don't read into that, I'm just saying. Okay, well, about what you're talking about, this use of... Uh targeted discrimination against the unvaxxed and the historical precedent. This is relevant here, I think, because what we're seeing in the news media is they're saying, is it safe to have your unvaxxed relatives over for Thanksgiving or Christmas? And what they're doing here is they're trying to influence the culture to accept these exactly. new segregation exactly. first. And they know that... It's cultural and societal. Like they're, they're, they're putting a wool over your head by getting you focused on what our law is. Our culture and our society influences our law. Exactly. Okay? They it's say how that... people look the other way when presidential memorandums and executive orders get signed that completely wipe our asses with the Constitution. I mean, people still don't realize Obama got rid of habeas corpus in his second National Defense Authorization Act. I mean, we don't have due process. Okay? 
like uh, I, it's just crazy that, that the legal stuff is how they put the wool over your eyes. They, like they're trying to influence on a cultural and societal level so that you get to the point where well, this is one of the things that Jordan Peterson says that has always stuck with me. I'm not a big Jordan Peterson guy. I, you know, I think everybody's got their faults and I think people get blown up into big media f- figures to influence people the same way we're talking about right now. But one of the things he talks about with the Holocaust and like never forget is the biggest lesson you have to learn isn't that we shouldn't do it again or how nasty human beings are. It's that you are the Nazi. You are the Nazi. If you were alive then, you wouldn't be, you know, Schindler saving the Jews at his factory, okay? You would be at the very least not saying anything and ignoring it and not trying to stop it. And at the very worst, you would be the Nazi doing it and possibly even enjoying it. That's the lesson we need to learn. What do you think of this? I I have six headlines in front of me, and they all say the same basic thing. Anti-vaxxers need de-radicalizing like terrorists. Doesn't this sound like Guantanamo? Doesn't it sound like forced quarantine? Like instead of waterboarding, it's a PCR test. But it's still, it's just a very invasive test to see if they carry the dangerous mind virus. But they've conflated that. They conflated beliefs with the physical virus. And now, like I said earlier, it's like after 9-11, you have... I mean, it's like seven mind virus, dude. They're, they're criminalizing memes. You know that on a macro level, how they're able to do that. And we dismiss it. And then five years later, we're going to be like, oh, well, we shouldn't have dismissed it because now it's, this is the world we live in. They're, look, people are ignoring what's happening to Julian Assange. You say Guantanamo Bay. He's been in the Guantanamo Bay of the UK for the past year and a half. He's about to get literally, uh, you know, extradited to the United States to be charged under the Espionage Act, which, like, Woodrow Wilson put into place so for, like, Russian spies, and they use it to persecute journalists because you can't put forth an affirmative defense that, yeah, I released the information because people are allowed to have it, and it's my journalistic right. You're not even allowed to tell the jury that. That's how they throw people behind bars, okay? Like, they... They're criminalizing him for journalistic activity when he's not an American citizen, by the way, and people want to ignore it. That's how they're going to criminalize memes so that you can't post videos on fucking Twitter because your ideas aren't dangerous to people. They're dangerous to the ideas of the people controlling you. Absolutely. Um, Do you agree with me that the pandemic was just a cover to go after an infodemic and the infodemic being, of course, ideas they don't control? That's ultimately been I about think that, I think that's. I think two things can be true at once. I think that they utilized the pandemic for the transfer of wealth, which they were going to do, just like uh, the housing crisis, and you know, like the, like they do this all the time. They always plan something for this, and they've been planning this uh, this this pandemic thing for years. They always have it in their back pocket. It was supposed to happen in 2025. I mean, literally. I know this isn't new news to you or anybody who listens to the show, but. The NIH and uh, Moderna literally are fighting over who owns the rights to the technology and the intellectual property of the vaccine that Moderna created because they started making the vaccine for COVID-19 in 2017 and 2018. And that's literally, you can, it's just fact, it's a reality, but if you talk about it, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, then why are they fighting over whether it's federal property or private property in the fucking courts right now? It's, it's literally public information, and you've got to ask yourself why they were making a vaccine for a fucking virus that hasn't even hit the world yet for three more years, yep. you know? I can I mean, point at 
I can point and, out and why, that's why they criminalize the ideas in the talking and the memes and all that shit. Because if we're talking about it, people pay attention to it and they can't keep doing this charade, you know? So criminalize us as conspiracy theorists for pointing out reality because it does sound ridiculous. It, do, it sounds fucking absurd. It sounds, un, you wouldn't believe it in a fucking James Bond movie. That's how you know it's fucking happening to us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know. And they've come up with a new class of conspiracy theorists. And I think you, you mentioned the word conspiracist because it used to be conspiracy theorists, but now you're a conspiracist because they want to conflate hate and uh, the idea of racism along with questioning the news. So anything that goes against mainstream And you know, is the primer for that, the way they framed that and they snuck that one in is when Jesse Smollett happened. Because if you didn't believe him, you, were, you weren't a conspiracy theorist because you had a theory about his conspiracy to go, to falsify a hate crime, which happens all the fucking time, by the way. Um, uh, they, then they sneak in, oh, well, you're conspiracy, you're conspiracist, and then they sneak it in. Like, these larger things are to sneak in the language because the rhetoric influences the way that people think about things culturally. I mean, it's this, if you notice, they don't talk about how, like, 800,000 people have, in America have died with COVID. It's not with COVID anymore. It's from COVID. Now, we all know if you're actually, you know, oh, you're just playing semantics. Well, semantics fucking matter, okay? That's the reason why the word semantics exists, okay? Because we're specific about the things we talk about. That's why we make up words, to be precise, okay? So, semantically, in our rhetoric, they switch it from with to from so that in five years when you're looking back, the collective consciousness isn't that, oh, well, there was, you know, I had a friend who, who drove his motorcycle into the back of a semi and, and he got de decapitated, but his death certificate said that he died from coronavirus. No, you just think, well, they died from it, you know? And it doesn't matter that if you, if you start talking about it, that, okay, well, yeah, maybe more people actually agree on, oh, yeah, they actually lied and we switched this up and actually people were dying with it that weren't dying from it. No, 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 don't talk about it because you don't, you're worried, paranoid around your friends that you don't want to look like a QAnoner. They don't want to look like a QAnoner and the collective consciousness, consciousness just keeps rolling because there's this underlying reliance upon the fact that we don't want to be the bad guy. It's the same thing with you're the Nazi. If yes, you don't talk yes, about bullying. it, you don't say anything, then you're not one of the, you know, you're not one of the others. Okay? It's, a, it's a bullying and tactic and it's a smear tactic. That's why they give us characters that are reprehensible, like the QAnon shaman guy. Who wants to look like that crazy guy dressed up like... Who did fucking nothing and he's spending all this time in prison. I mean, it's absurd what's happening to those people. That, it's he, literally everything it's our broad, constitution was written for. It's a broad brush of what anybody on the right looks like and it's just way off. But you, you have a good point here about semantics because I started off tonight talking about magic and how... Um, you know, there is a technology here that I'm interested in exposing in relation to the media. And I think phonetics, word magic, semantics, it's all about steering consciousness so that they can direct the reality Absolutely. that we co-create. And that's why they, they Absolutely. use... Absolutely. Exactly. They frame every conversation with their lexicon. I mean, look, I mean, look, I mean, it's not... A it's not, when you think about it, it's not that absurd. To, you know, this might be the most logical thing as far as theistic beliefs go, to believe that, like, oh, the Earth, the Earth Mother, that guy, oh, the Earth is our... Well, because we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the moldy rock that we're standing on, or, or paper plate, whatever you want to say. But whatever it is, it's, it's a round ball or whatever. It's clearly, you know, it's not the map that they're showing us. There's a lot more to it, you know, which wouldn't be surprising because what do they do? They hide shit from us. Um, uh, but... It, like, 
look at what they did with the collective consciousness, like like uh, installing like uh, global warming, all this shit. It doesn't matter about the science if you look into it, if you actually look into the researchers that actually research the shit and the science they post. No, no, no. Like, the idea is to, like, you've, you talk about this all the time. It's one of your, like, your, the best conversations you have is that the I, and they really, this is another one of those, like, two things, three things can be true at once. One of the th- reasons why they do this pandemic thing for the collective consciousness, like, what, uh, unvaxxed, like, you know, the new sin is the virus. Like, if you're sick, that's the sin because they're changing the theology to be, like, non theistic, technically, like, oh, it's not religious. Well, it's, you know, I guess I have it backwards. It's not theistic, but it is religious as fuck, right? Like the idea is they're planting all the, they're utilizing the consciousness that culturally has been instilled in us from a young age because historically, like the way our nation came up and like the just the way our culture has been built, we think about things that way, right? So it's syncretism. easy you know what to plug is. in those ideas. You just map it over, and it's analogous, and it works the same way. Yes, So now exactly. you're like if you, you get, you get like, uh, I mean, they just passed today. Uh, they reversed a Trump administration law on how much water a showerhead's allowed to release when you're manufacturing and selling waterheads. Why? Because global warming, and you're using too much water, and you're filthy, but don't wash yourself because if you wash yourself, you're using too much water. And people in Africa, they have to walk for a while. You know what I mean? You're breathing. Oh, you're breathing too much. Oh, now you're creating carbon dioxide. It doesn't matter that that's what plants need to thrive, and plants are how they make oxygen, and that's what we breathe. Well, none of that matters. Look, you're breathing out viruses. It's a puritanical revision of our society, and you'll never be pur- you'll never be pure. You'll never be fully vaxxed. Just like you will always be a super spreader. And so it's it's a bar that you can never And it never doesn't matter reach. about whether you're vaxxed or not. It matters that you are devoted to one day becoming fully vaxxed. It's the same thing as repentance. And what, like one day you're always striving to walk the path of Jesus Christ. But you know that you're always flawed and you always have to work at it. And you always have to repent for your sins. It's the same thing. You'll never be fully vaxxed. You'll never be fully protected. You'll never ever be pure enough to not spread this stuff. So you constantly have to isolate yourself and prevent yourself from being a risk to other people because that would be a sin. It's ideological. It's to get. It's it's a mind virus. It really is. It's a mind virus, and that's the only thing that's real. The mental virus. It's the strings to your marionette, and they're your puppet masters. They know this. They've been doing it for years. Okay. It's the wires on a goddamn piano, and they're slamming the hammer against it. Why? Because you know everything's a nail to them, and they got big fucking hammers, and we gave it to them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, you brought up Jesse Small a little while ago. That was a great example to bring up because he just got served with a 20-year sentence or something. But for the 24-hour period... Yeah, yeah. Before... technically he's, he could face 20 years if they give him consecutive sentences, but at the very most, they're going to let him serve him concurrently. And realistically, he's going to get a fine and a slap on the hands. Like, no way he serves a day over 364 days. Right. But assuming the story is real as reported, at a minimum, it exposes that the media has no... They have no critical thinking when it comes to stories that fit their agenda, and they ran with it. And it's like collusion. They all probably knew it was a hoax, but they have to run with it. See, I used to think that. I used to think it was critical thinking. I don't think it's that. I think it's urgency. They know that, oh, shit, this story's weak. It doesn't have a lot of foundation. It's built on sand. So we got to move and press as fast as fucking possible. It's like you have 
it's 60 seconds left in a basketball game. You don't you don't stand back in like a 4-1, okay? You don't stand back in a zone. You go full press to try and get the ball so you can get the points to, to come back and win. All right? And, like, it's urgency. They Oh, Jesse Smollett, this is fucking ridiculous. But he's got media, like, um, uh, uh, tangible, like, um, a currency to them, okay? Like, he, they can actually swing that weight around if they go fast You know what? Enough. You're funny. It's funny you they say don't that because BLM just came out and they said that they don't care about what we say. They enough. said they don't care if it's true, but that the story, it's pretty much accurate and they say that they're just going with that you can't trust the, what the police say so they're going with him so the truth doesn't matter at this point to them it's like no we will not we will not let the facts get in the way of a good narrative 100 percent. but hey I'm, I'm gonna let you go and take some more callers but um it, it's good talking to you man I'll, I'll be in the chat awesome thanks for calling one step too far call back anytime yep all right, brought up many great points. Uh, oh, Sam says, first time catching the live stream. Sweet. Great. I'm going to be attempting to maintain this particular time slot. More people, more callers, and we'll probably replay after. And also, there is a 24-7 stream now that's open. If you listen to the audio, that's 24-7 now. And you can also go listen to us live on Dark Matter 24-7. Let me see here, going through comments. A lot of people on Mixler are very active. I'll go there as well. Uh, FlatEarth.life says, Life used to be so boring before CV. The Frog King says, Hey Tim, good to see you streaming again. God bless. Your Mama says, The Wizards use frequencies, music, and culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything to influence your political decisions. How you give them your power. Flat Earth.Live says, God's patting Satan on the back for doing his job so well this year. I'm not convinced that those two are separate characters. God, Satan. I think it's good cop, bad cop. And I think they're, you know, that's kind of how they do everything anyway here. It's like anti-vax, pro-vax. Well, you're, you're both wrong. Gun versus needle, right versus left. I'm pretty sure you're all on the stage, and everybody on the stage loses. That's kind of how it is. It's like a carnival. Like, I hope you have fun, you know, being deceived. I think it's more fun to reverse engineer the mass deception. And I'm not trying to wake up the people who are spellbound. I'm not an evangelist here. What we're doing here is advanced mass media deconstructionism. It's a philosophical pursuit, not hate speech. For any of you snowflakes or any of the UN info volunteers, uh, this is not hate speech. It's all just media analysis akin to film criticism. And if you don't like our opinions, you can cry into your pillow, but it doesn't give you the right to censor us. I mean, they have used the feelings of these hypothetical snowflakes to censor us for so long, and this is an agenda. I've been talking about how before you had social distancing, you had safe spaces. And the safe spaces were to protect people on university campuses that all lean left. Safe spaces were to protect people from right-wingers on campus. You see a MAGA hat or, or a Tea Partier, an American flag, you can go run into the safe space. Well, now today, the state mandates safe spaces. And it used to be, oh, we have to mandate the safe space to keep you away from the COVID spreaders. Now it's going to be, well, probably to keep you from spreading any ideas at all. Flat Fact says that's exactly what it is, like a carnival, a sideshow alley, all the games are rigged. Yes, I would say so. In fact, Astro World, the concert we've been talking about recently, 
uh, the theme was based on Carnival of Souls. And I think there's something to it. I really do. Everything is a lie, says the Vax alters your DNA so you can be patented, and it locks you up in a mind prison. You know, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe. We'll see. I mean, I have guinea pigs in my family I'll be watching. Friends, neighbors, I'll see. If I see people going full zombie mode, you know, you'll hear it from me first. Like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And if you look in the alien invasion storylines in all the films, uh, the majority of them, it's an internal thing. Like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Men in Black. It comes from within. There's a very good movie called Sputnik that came out in August of 2020. The same day, and it came out of Russia, the same day that Putin released a vaccine by the same name, Sputnik. These connections are very much intentional. Sputnik being the first object put into, uh, put into orbit. Well, there's a correlation with outer space and inner space, orbit and circulation. And I can draw attention to this in a dozen different ways. For example, the celestial immunity mission of the space station, where they're testing the efficacy of vaccines in space, is the one where the arm of the space station was hit with space junk, punctured. So the space station got vaxxed. So it's a story. Orbit is full of junk. They need to clean it out. Your circulatory system needs to be cleaned of COVID. You need to be vaxxed. You need to get the junk out. And even junk is slang for injectables. So anyway, the movie Sputnik came out in August of 2020, the same day that they released the vaccine called Sputnik. And the movie's about a virus from space that causes you to become possessed, almost like demonically possessed, but the alien resides in your esophagus. And at night it crawls out and it seeks a victim. And it reveals itself to be a gigantic reptilian and it scares the person and then it feeds off their fear and then it goes back into the esophagus of its host. Now I'm bringing this up because, of course, Sputnik was the name of the corona vaccine. We're talking about an internal invasion. And then if you go back and if you look, the first UFO crash was Roswell in Corona Field. So there's your corona connection again. In fact, the very first spy satellite system was called the Corona. So there's something to it. And I think the invasion narrative, if anything, pertains to an internal injectable alien. I don't think it's something coming from Mars. By the way, I'm not anti or pro-vax. I'm actually pro-pro-vax and I'm pro-anti-vax. Um, whatever you're for, I'm for. You can have whatever opinions you want. Personally, I'm not interested in people's personal medical decisions. Uh, I've been vaxxed many times for different things. Um, I think I'm safe. Like if I'm on a subway and anthrax is released, I think I'm safe. Assuming any of that's real, which is a huge leap. All right, going through comments. David A. Pryor says, In Logan's Run, people over 30 have to sacrifice themselves to the carousel, which is kind of a carnival setting. This idea of sacrifice is big. And here we are coming up on 2022, which is the year that Soylent Green takes place, where right now we're talking about going to Mars, going to the moon. And the scientists are saying that to build the structures on Mars or on the moon, we won't be able to bring our building materials with us. So we're going to use Martian lunar dust mixed with astronaut blood. So you have this idea inherent in 
space exploration of self-sacrifice. You're already leaving behind the world, worldly things, and you're going into a more ascetic lifestyle in your space gulag. Sacrificing capitalism and freedom and guns and going into farming potatoes on Mars, like an insect. And your suit makes you look like an insect, your spacesuit. Now you're in a life support system in a hive slash dome. But again, it's all self-sacrifice. The whole environmentalist movement is self-sacrifice. Sacrifice your standard of living for the Earth. It's no different than what they teach you with in religions, with uh, love of the world is pretty much a way to, you know, if you, if you love the world too much, you kind of go against God because, you know, you're supposed to think about heaven, not worldly things. So the environmentalists are saying, well, your love of worldly things is literally going to cause a flood. You're being wicked by buying stuff. Rourke66 says, good film, Sputnik. Yeah, I thought it was a really good film. And I thought it was interesting that they had to bring in the element of fear harvesting. Uh, let me bring that up. Again, it came out August 2020, the same day as Sputnik. No coincidences here. Okay, Sputnik, a Russian science fiction horror film. This is the directorial debut of Igor Abramenko. It stars a young doctor recruited by the military to assess a cosmonaut who survived a space accident and returned to Earth with a dangerous organism living inside of him. It says here, the creature comes out at night while the host is asleep. Uh, they have a symbiotic relationship where the creature lives in the esophagus of the cosmonaut and benefits from its nutrients. Now it goes on to say here, this is the part about how they feed... And it has to do with, here it is, the creature will show itself to the victims to augment their fear, which makes the human brain release cortisol. And this is what I was talking about here. It releases cortisol from which the alien obtains its nutrition. That's how, like I was saying, Lady Gaga obtains her nutrition by uh, showing her form. And then her victim's brains release cortisol from which she feeds. I mean, presumably. By the way, that movie is 113 minutes long. 113, 311, everything to do with COVID. When you get into the numerology and the patterns inherent in the news media, planted there, presumably by witches and warlocks with OCD. I'm not saying I believe in any of it, but I notice the patterns, and many of you here do as well. I may watch Logan's Run again. I actually saw the book at a thrift store. I was going to pick it up. But instead, I watched a more modern version, I think. It's called uh, The 100. Anything on Netflix. I mean, they're just rehashing all the same stories. One Step Too Far says, Watch Life, a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, predicted programming for the ISS fall and alien invasion. Okay, now that's big. Because Jake Gyllenhaal was in Donnie Darko, released on 119-2001. Uh, 119 that's a Genesis reference to the fall of the Tower of Babel, and I see it consistently referencing the space station. And it is noteworthy that the first patient to come down with symptoms of COVID in America came down with it on 119, Ground Zero, Seattle. These things, these patterns go deep. So Jake Gyllenhaal's in a movie called Donnie Darko, which foreshadows the COVID lockdown and everything, foreshadows Trump, Donald Trump specifically, it foreshadows even some aspects of the QAnon thing and the expose of the uh, pedo ring in high places. I mean, there's quite a lot with that movie. But the 
advertising material for Donnie Darko had plane parts falling from the sky, a lot of stuff that I think might have stultified its um, acceptance at first. I think it was like in poor taste to have falling plane parts advertised around the time of 9-11. But I would call that predictive programming. So my point being is this. That movie was laden with predictive programming for 2001 and 2020. So it's noteworthy that Jake Gyllenhaal is in the movie The Division that comes out next year. And The Division is based on a Tom Clancy novel. Well, Tom Clancy wrote the novel Some of All Fears, which has a lot of 9-11 predictive programming. So The Division is about a smallpox outbreak in New York, shuts down the world, lockdowns, uh, martial law. And I believe that Bill Gates, by the way, was promising to deliver smallpox to the airports this Christmas. We'll see. But my point is Jake Gyllenhaal being in the division after being in a movie predicting 9-11 tells me, again, something's coming. And then, of course, comment to hear references, he's in a movie with the ISS falling. And here's another thing, too. So last year, or earlier this year, rather, back in uh, February, there were plane parts falling from the sky. In a, It was in, I think it was Broomfield, was it in Colorado? So yeah, plane parts falling in Colorado, and the street was called, yeah, it was Broomfield. The street was actually called Elmwood Street. All kinds of connections here to the Donnie Darko movie, where the main character, Jake Gyllenhaal, gets crushed by a plane part that falls through his roof. Kind of like the space rock that fell through the roof of that Canadian lady recently. Well, anyway, the scene looked like the movie Donnie Darko, and people noted this thing. February 20th, metal airplane parts fell from the sky on Saturday afternoon in Broomfield. Now, the street Elmwood would reference Nightmare on Elm Street in a way, which is significant, because Nightmare on Elm Street is about lucid dreamers, and then you have Freddy, you know, the psychopomp, the entity that they communicate with on the other side. Well, Donnie Darko is about a lucid dreamer, and he communicates with an entity called Frankie. Uh, Infinite Plane Radio, or Frank. Yeah, sorry to call back in, but uh, you brought up Donnie Darko, and it made me think of this. Okay, so, in Donnie Darko, the whole movie, he's alive, um, and he's being told, like, the world's going to end, yada, 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 because he wasn't in his bed when that the engine fell out of the sky from the plane and, like, hit his, like, went into his bedroom. But at the end of the movie, he's in his bed, and instead, and he dies, so the world ends. In that life movie, he's when he's escaping from, like, I think he's on the ISS, but they might have been on, like, a different ship, but same idea, right? The alien life form, like, kills everybody inside, and it, like, gets bigger, uh, like, when it's, like, taking the lives of other organisms. So he gets to, a, like, an escape pod to go back to the Earth and, like, pushes the alien out of the hatch, like, into space so that it won't end up back on Earth to kill everybody because that would end the world. But when he lands, like, on Earth, and he's in the ocean, and they come to, like, uh, his pod, like, some, like, fishermen's, like, find it, and they go to open the hatch, the alien's actually inside the hatch with him, like Donnie Darko in the bed, and, like, when he came back to Earth, the alien was with him, and if they open the hatch and let it out, it's going to end the world because it's going to kill everybody. Fascinating. Fascinating. And the space station falling theme is very prevalent in a lot of films right now. I was just watching a movie called The 100. I was referencing it. And episode 13 of season 1, so there's 113, a very significant 
for a few reasons. But anyway, in that episode, they have an international space station, and it falls on that episode. And this is, again, a reoccurring theme, Cowboy Bebop, first three episodes. Space junk, it seems to be like a reoccurring theme. And space junk is also in the news now where... Like the space station had to dodge space junk. They've had to do it three times. They've had well, to that's shut what down. that's what starts the movie Gravity. Okay, so like gra- uh, Gravity. Gravity with Sandra Bullock and uh, George Clooney, like the Chinese like space station like gets like blow like like blown up or some shit, and the debris hits the ISS, and then like there's a whole bunch of shit that completely uh, contradicts like their um, scientific model about gravity and shit. But that's irrelevant but um uh well, like the, the china, debris, thing, like it's the china thing they have to escape and like like there's a whole bunch of imagery in that too like we, uh, there's a point where like she's in the fetal position uh which is like a callback to kubrick and you know uh space odyssey and all that shit i mean that would that one like she like has to get back to earth same same type of shit well this is interesting too that in this movie it turns out that China is what instigated this whole thing. And it's been Chinese space junk that's been creating the problems. And then earlier this year, on the 119th day of the year, and I only know this because Jurassic Liars, but I looked into it. Yes, on the 119th day of the year, there's that number again, that was the day China launched the first module for their new space station. And that was the one where the booster was about to land somewhere, and they didn't know if it was going to hit somebody. And China had plausible deniability, but they put us all at risk. So anyway, uh, China being the instigator of the sky falling, of the space wars or whatever, is a reoccurring theme in all the predictive programming. Oh, also in Gravity, Sandra Bullock is like the one survivor of like the, like the accident from the ISS. But she's not actually a scientist or an astronaut. She's a doctor. And so, like, and also now that I think about it, like, uh, there's a lot, a lot, George Clooney's not in the movie that long because he, like, sacrifices himself or whatever, but he's, like, talking a lot about, like, A, her being a doctor and all this shit, and, like, um, uh, when they're getting shot down, he's, like, uh, like, makes commentary on, like, what should and shouldn't be done, and recently with the Alec Baldwin shit, when he shot, like, the cinematographer, one of the main people who, like, spoke out, they even plugged this into the interview with Alec Baldwin. Uh, Clooney commented, criticizing him on, like, how this is what you're supposed to do with guns on set, and you never do this on set, and if you wouldn't have done that, nobody would have been shot, and she wouldn't have, like, been shot down. Just a thought. Interesting. Worth looking... I mean, look, this Alec Baldwin-Rust event is such a huge hoax, and they've left several clues. And one of the things that came out recently is, you know, the armorer, Hannah Reed, who handed him the gun, had a very prominent tattoo of a spider on her stomach that she was showing off in the very first pictures of her. Well, as they were taking down the set, one of the crew members was bitten by a spider. And a they spider, had like re- a black widow, and he widow- like turned her husband into a widower? Pretty much. He almost lost his arm. Oh, yeah, the widower thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's a connection. And then, of course, um, you know, I think there's a few other clues in there, but again, the whole thing is... Oh, there's a ton. There's a ton. Fascinating. Well, this Donnie Darko thing goes deep. I'm glad you brought this all up. Uh, Someone mentioned, what was it? Episode 3 of The Watchmen was called She Was Hit by Space Junk. 
And again, these this stuff is so encoded. All the movies are very consistent. Oh, so, dude, in the movie, uh, in the movie where he's like the, in the movie Nightcrawler too. At the end of the movie, he crashes his car, and he and he leaves his business partner and his friend in the car to die, so he can get a good shot of of like the scene. I mean, that's wild. I don't know. You maybe look into that more, but like, I that just popped into my head. Like, just like the alien and shit. Like, and like the him in the bed, like. He was in the car, but then he gets out of it, but, like, makes sure his friend's in the car to die so he can get the good shot. I now, don't know. Now, Weird. Let me run this by you really quick since we're on this, this kind of topic here. Uh, there was this cover from The Economist. It was Aliens Among Us. And what it was kind of suggesting here is it's the unvaxxed who are the aliens among us because they are the ones who are, you know, carriers of this thing and this, this correlation between that and uh, of course, aliens has been pretty consistent. But do you think that they're going to actually try to fake some kind of alien invasion in any way, or do you think this is all just purely? Uh... Um, I think um, I think that might have been a plan for a while. But the way the media apparatus has grown, I think what they're going to do is do the same type of exercise, like get the same results they're looking for, but just by utilizing like the idea of like. Um, disclosure and the idea that like oh, are we faking it is it real because like does it really need to happen if they can get the same results by just like you know like planting the seeds like oh the world would come together if we had to face like a threat from an you know outer space like you know reagan and fucking bush you know the first bush like you know all this like if they can plan all the ideas and it's and they're able to manipulate, like, our minds and, like, uh, you know, divide us with it. Like, do they really need to do the whole Blue Beam, uh, you know, Operation Blue Beam and, like, convince us that aliens are coming? Because, I mean, all they got to do is say, oh, hey, we got hit by one of the asteroids that nearly misses us every day and adds to mold, and it was an organism, and now it's a virus, and we're all going to die. You know what I mean? Like, Right. You know what? I think we shouldn't have our expectations set too high because... They didn't even have crisis actors in America falling on their faces on camera like they did in Wuhan. We didn't even get anything. The most we got was um, just a lot of exaggerated news reports and Tom Hanks got the sniffles. So they sold us on the pandemic with no real hard evidence. And so when, when they do the fake alien invasion, it'll probably yeah, be and, so and disappointing. And nobody pointed out that, that those videos were on American social media platforms that they don't use in China. Even I didn't like think about that for the longest time. Oh, interesting! So all those video clips of the kung flu kicking people down—they were on the streets. like Twitter and Instagram, and like and China has their own platforms. People are allowed to use those, but we got those videos from those social media outlets. Hey, I gotta respond to a comment here. TC says sarcastically, "Watch movies all day. It's the answer." And what I want to tell him is. You live in a movie. Nobody's saying it's the answer, my guy. No, but the answer is we live in a movie, and if you're not consciously watching it, then you're asleep. So, yes, you have to watch the movie all day, but you have to watch it. I mean, aren't movies based on the reality we live in, man? (laughs) Like, uh, I mean, whatever. I mean, you can – I'm not saying that the movies are reality. I'm saying that when you try and reflect reality in movies – there's an inverse reflection. It's like a motherfucking mirror, and they can use that to their benefit. Why do you? Why are movies even popular and interesting? And how do you know the difference between a good movie and a bad movie? You like it 
because you can like relate it and reflect your reality in it. Okay, these, these are the modern they myths. These are get myths. Get you to like it by using using artistic tools. So, oh, people will like it this way. They can do the same thing by planting those ideas in your head. The same way with news. I mean, right? If you're exactly. going to pretend like there's not a mass consciousness shift by like the things people are told in media, I'm sorry. Now, I think people do focus on media too much. But we're not talking about the answer to life here. We're having a specific conversation about the media and its reflection and, like, how they use it. If we were talking about, like, your purpose in life, maybe we wouldn't be talking about any of this shit. <laughs> right. It's important to know what the people who are true believers believe because they're the dominant majority. So to me, it's just about situational awareness. I want to know exactly. what the Exactly. When, when you're call. on your knees in the middle of the desert and, and, and a guy from ISIS has a knife to your throat, do you really give a shit about what you – like – <laughs> like what you believe or do you are you worried about the fact that he believes if he cuts your head off that like it's you think you're gonna go dank for him for the rest of his life right you know? right <laughs> or or if you're set on fire beneath a 40 foot stone owl i mean it can happen in a number of ways kooky beliefs matter um if they're not your own so hey, exactly appreciate kooky you, beliefs matter appreciate you calling back uh call back anytime and i'm gonna probably follow up on that jake gyllenhaal movie because I... Oh, yeah. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal, look into the movie Deja Vu. I mean, he crashes in a military helicopter, and they use his, like, dead body because his brain's active to get to time travel back in time to stop a train from getting blown up by a terrorist. I mean, dude, whoa. Maybe even watch the trailer for Deja Not Deja Vu. That's the Denzel Washington. Uh, source Code. So, oh, Source Code. I mean, learn to code, my guy. I mean, it's called Source Code. It's like a time machine with his dead body because he crashes in a helicopter, but they keep him alive. And then he goes back in time and like, oh, dude, crazy. Very like, that consistent. That was worth watching. Maybe consistent, even more than life. Consistent that Jake Gyllenhaal be in a movie about time travel, averting disaster. That's one of the central themes of Donnie Darko. He's so. in that terrible Prince of per And actually, all the movies I've brought up about him, fucking great movies, by the way. But that's kind of, you know, that's seemed pretty useful. Um, but, then, you know, I mean, he's in that movie Prince of Persia. That's a movie about time travel. Uh, he's Mysterio in Spider-Man, which is literally him pretending to be, like, have, like, superpowers. But really, he's using, like, drones and, like, like uh, special effects to, to, to be able to control the world. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm not supposed to look at the, for the answer in this shit. I mean, come on. We're just right. pointing out that it's weird that Jake Gyllenhaal is always in some shit that seems to correlate to this but hey these are patterns that we notice and uh, they tend to be predictive and, and so i use predictive programming as a predictive model and i read the future by watching netflix uh thanks for calling we'll talk soon yeah have a good one. all right uh lily bell bell says she's sick of this movie and she says all we got was cheesy dancing nurses mocking us not all of them there were some pretty skilled uh well iv pole dancers sliding down the hallways i thought some of them were actually quite good dancers and made me question if they were even nurses more likely a bunch of uh, dancers hired to play the role of nurses uh mc dirty work says when denzel was wearing that helmet in the chase scene it allowed him to see into the past cool interesting uh, look this is noteworthy too the actors will play roles that connect movie to movie to movie and this is one of the first things that clued me in. I, you know, Before I ever realized how much of the world uh, that we see on the TV is fake, I noticed certain patterns. I started noticing things, like I mentioned the themes, Jake Gyllenhaal, time travel, averting disaster. Well, with Jim Carrey, Truman Show, 
dog star falls. Well, when you go into the symbolism of the dog star, you find that it stands out in many of his movies. Infinite Plane Radio. Oh, this is Auto Thinking Out Loud, Cincinnati. Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, great call the other night. Thanks for calling back. What's going on? Hey, I was just listening to the conversation tonight, um, and I was thinking about when you were talking about uh, magic. There yeah. are like, um, I was thinking about just all the different songs about magic. I was listening to like um, a podcast a couple of days ago, uh, right after I uh, called in, I was listening to another podcast and they were just talking about music. And for some reason, he was talking about magic and all the different songs that deal with magic from he had a lot of different rap songs and different R&B songs. And like, he went into like country songs and into like rock songs and everything. And he was saying, there's, there's this reoccurring interest with magic and with, you know, how magic is used over um, entertainment. And I was thinking about that. And when uh, y'all were talking about like, um, uh, lucid Dreams. Yes, Donnie Darko, Lucid Dreamer, right. Okay, uh, the rapper Juice World. I was talking about him when I called in uh, uh, day before yesterday. Uh, the rapper Juice World. He, uh, one of his most popular songs was called Lucid Dreaming. Okay, and, interesting, interesting. And uh, Juice yeah, World again, of, Death Faker. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought about that, and it's like, with this whole, um, what it kind of brought me to was this. Um, we talk about how uh, how most of our reality is stagecraft. Well, Kevin Hart, he did a documentary called um, Don't uh, F This Up, where it's like he was basically talking about all the different scandals around his life, right? Now, he had segments where it's like it showed him he got into different situations with, you know, his friends, uh, cussing him out, like, and everything. It was, like, real personal. It showed his father as he's going through uh, sickness, yada, yada, yada. What I'm getting at is this. Now, recently Kevin Hart did a movie called Real Life with Wesley Snipes, who I brought up the night uh, before. In this movie, he plays basically himself, a, a character like himself, and Wesley played his brother, and they basically, Wesley tries to extort him by, like, like staging the murder of a girl in the room, and Kevin winds up killing some people for real, yada, yada, yada. What I'm getting at is this. Kevin did a documentary about problems in his real life and how his friends and everything fixed it, how like his fixers and the people that surround him fixed things. All the different scandals you heard about Kevin, he, he basically talked about them. And then for him to make a movie, a fictional quote unquote movie with Wesley Snipes called Real Life or whatever about a, a situation where he's basically playing a, um, um, a character that's like himself. And he winds up murdering some people. And it's, I look at it like this. 
what I'm getting at is this. I feel like a lot of times when we see things happen in media with different uh, celebrities, like as far as murders, and when I say murders, not talking about these death fakers. I'm talking about the people that surround them. Like sometimes you'll hear about these folks that surround people. Yes, yes. Like they, they sold their soul or something. There's a contract and some family member gets right. sacrificed for their fame. Yeah, yeah many of those, many of those. And, and I'm going to tell you something. What's crazy is this. When I was talking about these insurance policies, right, a couple of days ago, keep this. The rapper, um, the baby, on the, um, on the day... His album went platinum. The record company had him on tour. Now, this man's album was out. His single was out. It was doing average. Do you do you hear me? Average. Most people didn't even know who this person was. On the day his album went platinum, this is how I'm telling you these record companies and the media control everything. This album went platinum and it went to number one in a matter of a phone call his father died the same day and to this day when he does interviews he says my pops died at the at the same time i went number one and and uh to this day i don't know how he died now not not only did his father die but his brother did an ig live where he was talking and talking about how dirty he was and uh, you sacrificed your, your family and everything, yada, yada, yada. His brother committed suicide. Now, this is interesting. I, this this is, um again, this seems like part of a bigger pattern. I remember there's some documentary that went into this, and they went back as far as like Roy Orbison, where after he got famous, his family burned in a mansion that he just bought for them. But this is interesting, too, because baby was hanging out with Marilyn Manson and Kanye West right. at that thing where they burned right. that church-like thing. And that movie set looked like the, the Rust movie set, which also had an element yeah. of a sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you something else. A lot of people don't remember this. Uh, DMX, DMX had a song with uh, Marilyn Manson. Okay, and DMX. If, this is this is also cool. I mean, worth noting here is that when he died, it was over the Easter weekend, and at the same time, right. at the same time, you know, people were like, um, it was, um, you had uh, Nas X and Satan was trending. So Satan was trending, right. DMX was trending, Resurrection was trending, and people were trying to get DMX to resurrect. You know, on Twitter they were, they were just like, oh, come back, come back, or whatever, and it's like. Who are they chanting for, Jesus or DMX? But it was over the Easter weekend. And that's the story, you know, You know, Jesus goes to hell for three days and he saves souls and he's fighting with the devil. There's this kind of this this uh, story there you know, that was being played with Nas X you know, and DMX. No, another connection I recently made, everybody talks about um, Aaliyah. Aaliyah, you, you know who Aaliyah is, the girl, the R&B singer, yada, 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 who... Yes, Aaliyah, know Aaliyah is, is believed by the Natalie JFK Lafoto. crowd. Yeah, they think she's a death faker, right. but they Natalie think she was Lafoto. coming back. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, and it's like, and a lot of people, like, you know, you could kind of look at her and look at uh, Natalie LaRose, and they look exactly alike. But Aaliyah has been linked to a lot of people in uh, the entertainment industry. And I find this kind of strange because... 
at the time she was linked to a lot of these people, she was a teenager. And she was kind of linked to a lot of famous people. And it's like, I'm thinking a lot of these parents, when we, when we talk about sex trafficking and we talk about everything, I think there's a bigger picture. I think it's not, it's not even so much just that it's, it's people snatching up children or like uh, preying on children like that. No, I think some of this is, is deep enough to say the parents have already signed contracts like offering up their child. So it's like throughout this, this child's life, this child is, is being groomed like the guy that was from like uh, CNN. Okay. Okay. See, see, you're not even conspiracy conjecturing. You're just, yeah. At CNN, we can point to this very same yeah. thing you're describing. Right. It's like with the guy, that same guy, when he was talking about how people, how, you how you have to groom girls how how like he's groomed girls from as early as, as, as like seven and whatever so and so and get them ready. My thing was this: you have to think who, what are if you're in this uh, position, you're around all these influential people, everything, and you're grooming girls as you say, and you have to get them ready and you know uh, prepared from this age. Who are you grooming them for? And if you and and by him and. See, and I listen to what people say. If you're using the term groom, that means you've done it to more than one. So I'm thinking like now, this it, it, um, it's an operation at this point. So it's like, who are you grooming these girls for? And I think about this whole Epstein thing and all, and all of that. I think, honestly, that you have parents that sign content, like parents that are linked to like, uh, entertainment companies like we talk about Disney and everything. I told I was having a conversation yesterday where I said these Disney stars, when we find out about them, they're at a certain age and they're already groomed for the camera. They appear on the world stage as, as a child still, but we don't know that there's a process before they hit that that camera. Okay, and so this like, this is an example. I think you might be onto something here because the story of John Bonet Ramsey always seemed really shady, like with the parents in on it, and she was this child performer. Right. Well, there's this conspiracy theory that she didn't die, Katie a, Perry. and she's Katy Perry, and the parents match. Katie Perry. So you're like, well, is yeah. Katy Perry someone who was sold by her parents into the industry, and part of her world stage role was dying, and then coming back as this, uh, you know, pop star. See, and, that's, and I see a lot of connections like that, and it's like I always think back to when we think about the parents. And when I, I was looking at the R. Kelly situation and everything, and when the parent, I'm, and uh, uh, what I'm getting at is this. When he was uh, supposedly holding these girls hostage and their parents were going on television, it was like what, you, what we later found out was that the parents were already signed under contract with, they felt like they were owed some money from him. Somebody told them, are you supposed to go after him? So my thing is this, who, who is everybody signing to in order to have their child promised an entertainment contact, uh, quote, unquote, uh, artist uh, development and grooming? And then you hear this pervert from like uh, CNN talk about, I groom them as early as this. I think it's all the same thing. I think it's all the same thing. I think that like 
these type guys are the dudes that work for like these big companies, like we're talking about Disney and these other folks, that they groom these children from young. And by the time they hit the screen or whatever, yeah, they're ready for the screen. But if you notice, there's always the same uh, reoccurring pattern. These kids are supposed to be on top of the world, yet they wind up on drugs, alcohol, uh, committing suicide, sometimes like just going in, into some of the worst facets of life. And you wonder, why would you, if you're uh, supposedly at the top of the world, be doing so many drugs, so many, it's not, and 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 they sell the illusion to the public that it's like, oh, they just, they're just, just rich and they have a lot of money. Man, most rich people aren't doing drugs until they damn passed out and commit suicide right right they normalize that they normalize that concept and idea but no actually that's actually a self-destructive thing that goes against what you would uh think someone would do when they have all these resources uh interesting connections here undeniable and i'm gonna say oh and when you were talking about like uh, uh the carnivals like carnivals there was a group from back in the 90s called the goat a rap group from uh, Philadelphia. And they had an album that was based around carnivals. And their biggest song was a song that was called Not, um, it was called Not Your uh, Typical American. Their whole album was like uh, basically themed around going against the American system. But their album theme was this carnival thing. So it started me looking back and I started seeing you see a lot of rock albums with the carnival theme, with the big Moloch head, like, and everybody's walking into the mouth and all of that. And this is a reoccurring theme. It's a reoccurring theme, and it's it's bigger than the artist. That's why, um, like I was saying a couple of nights ago, these artists have no control over these videos, these mainstream artists. They have no control over these videos. Now, the independent artists, you do your own videos unless you hire somebody. Well, let me point this out. The the founder of the Church of Satan, who founded it 666 months before the Astro World concert, like to the day, uh, the Church of Satan founder was a carny. He played Calliope at the carnivals for for the dancers or whatever, and then he had... um, Performers like Marilyn Monroe and James Manfield. He was connected to Hollywood, but yeah, he was a carny, and he described, I think, um, his religion as a recognition as of the world itself as a carnival, which basically right. means a festival of flesh. Right. See, and I'm glad that you that you brought him up because lately he was trending. Um, um, Anton Lavey was trending when he was on uh, Donahue. And he was showing the different hand symbols and talking about what they mean, like, and all of that. And, and this was said, it was said, oh, I see a lot of rock and roll people do that. And it's like he smiled and laughed and was like, oh, we're everywhere. Yeah, in a, entertainment. Like, and, I, and I thought about that, like, we have these hand symbols that we throw up every day. Like I tell people, when, you, when you're taking photographs and everything, if you notice a lot of uh, a lot of our younger generation or like um, especially the uh, people that are like around music, especially rock music and, you know what I'm saying, rap music and all of that, when they take a photograph, it's almost an autonomous movement that you throw up your hands in certain hand gestures and you don't even know what these things mean. You're doing it just because you see your favorite artist do it. And 
like I was saying a couple of days ago, I think that these artists are given a script of things to say, to do. They're taught these things. So they become part of uh, the culture. After a while, it becomes an autonomous part of the, the uh, culture of entertainment. You throw up these hand symbols and everything, and it's like nobody ever thinks that, oh, you, you know, what they mean, whatever, whatnot. Anton LaVey was, was, hell, showing these on the Donahue show. But you show people this stuff, and people are like, oh, well, well, you hey, know. Obama one step too far it. wants me to ask you, what do you think about Jim Carrey on that light, that late night appearance where he did the Illuminati joke with the all seeing tongue, I think, and he did the triangle? Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, when I saw that, what I, um, what I was kind of thinking, at first I was kind of confused. But then it was like, I was thinking Jim Kent, um, because you know he kind of right after that, he kind of went on this whole thing where he was operating almost like he was operating off script. Yes, yes, kind it of, a, like, yes. He it was, was like yes, that appearance on the show when he did the Illuminati thing, that was kind of, that was kind of our our like uh, introduction to him about to slide into something completely different. Because when he did that, it was funny to the rest of like everybody else, but to me, it was like, wait a minute, hold on, what are you doing? And and when he kept being like, you know, like, come on, man, you know, and you know that that we do this, and you know what this this means, and and so and so, I was shocked, but it was also like I was thinking that maybe he's preparing for a role. But then when I saw over time, like after he started growing the beard, like and everything, and when, when he would be caught in public and he would uh, say things, it would be, it would sound weird to other people, but uh, to, to, you know, somebody like us, we could kind of hear what he's doing. He's speaking almost, he was, he started speaking about uh, the industry from the standpoint of like somebody who's played several roles, including whom he he actually is, like, uh, publicly. He says, do you really know who Jim Carrey is? Right. You know, I think that he might even be conscious of the esoteric aspect to many of his roles. He'd have to be. Because you can connect yeah. Jim Carrey's Awakening in The Truman Show, which is about a false man becoming a true man through initiation, dog star, to the movie The Number 23, which is definitely based. About to say that. That's based on Robert yeah, Anton Wilson and the Dog Star, the cosmic trigger that causes an awakening in a person, and so um, and this is consistent through many of his movies. And sometimes it's a little more covert, but there's always this uh, there's this subtext that connects all of Jim Carrey's characters as though you're looking at one person, one role, like that is just portrayed in different situations. And I think again that these are um, these these characters are picked because of their maybe their archetype that they embody, but it's beyond just their chosen for their acting ability. Yeah, I think you're on to something because I think that, um, like, for instance, there was um, a black actor, well-known. He played he played in the, um, in the uh, Lovecraft series, and he played in a bunch of other stuff. Um, uh, Michael Williams recently died. They said he died of a drug overdose in his um, apartment or whatever. You know how that goes. They always give us those stories. But I feel like he was an accomplished enough actor, like a Chadwick Boseman type of, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like you've played enough versatile roles and 
on different aspects of the world stage to where you, to where he, in my eyes, was a likely candidate for a death faker. Yeah, you know, I've noticed too, this death faking is like an elevation. It's a promotion of yeah. some kind. They go into, yeah. and this, I brought up, someone asked me about it, and yeah, I did get to the Mac Miller story. I didn't go deeper into it, but Mac Miller, MM33, All Seeing Eye, it all shouts, mm -hmm. death faker. And then his lyrics, the foreshadowing, uh, to a T. Uh, so they tell you all the time, and it seems like a promotion. And I'm going to tell you, and I think that, I think that the way it's presented to the man, I, okay, when you, when the mass public thinks about it, when you, like, when somebody like us try to present this to the mass public, we're looked at as like, man, you're crazy because why would they walk away from their, their family and everything? and everything, yada, yada, yada. They family still here grieving for them and all of that. Okay, I tell everybody this. Since the Nipsey Hussle situation, we haven't seen a trial, haven't even seen a preparation for a trial, anything. Yet, Lauren London disappeared from the world stage for a while. She filmed T.I.'s movie, ATL. They filmed a part two, which is, I think it's, uh, it comes up on one of those numbers as like an anniversary but um it's just the, the fact that nipsey's mother is gone his brother's gone all these characters that we were seeing on a regular during his death period well during the time that he was being uh promoted when he was alive and until he died or you know left the world stage these people have disappeared, and now they're slowly but surely acclimating Lauren London back onto the world stage in different shows and things like that. And I'm thinking, like, people don't realize these people are still alive. So even when you're seeing them grieving or you're, you're thinking they're grieving, we never – folks never think about something. They <clears> – <throat> when we look at uh, celebrities, like I had this conversation about somebody when it comes to uh, celebrities when they get uh, pregnant. I'm like, now, when you hear about your favorite celebrity getting pregnant and they're having a baby, yada, 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 they tell you they're having a baby. Let's say, let's do this January 1st. They already have this child or whatever situation is already set up. These photos have, have already been taken and they're on like a system where they're going to be released to the media at certain times throughout as long as this person should be pregnant. Somebody else is carrying these babies. And okay, that's that's another aspect I want to get into here. And um, we talk about magic is astrology. What I'm getting at, yeah, what I'm getting at basically is this: is that you're given a character, you're given these these characters, like you know, what I'm saying Rihanna, Beyonce, like you know, what I'm saying whomever you want to put in there. You're given these characters, and you're shown these characters going through regular life situations or whatnot. These characters aren't going through this stuff, and it's because they're doing other things. You have to constantly stay uh, preparing for whatever is coming next. So you have people, this stuff is already uh, pre-planned, pre-done, photo shoots done of how far along you, uh, uh, you should look pregnant with the uh, prosthetic belly photos and everything, and, you know, all of that, uh, the prosthetic masking to make you look a little bit um, more swollen while you're pregnant everything knowing that this person isn't pregnant at all, it's stagecraft. And then you see them do a concert a year later, 
and they're slim, trim. They had the baby just a couple months ago, and they're on stage and all of that. I think the entire reality we're given, I mean, with anything we see on television, nothing is real. Well, let me, okay, this is coming up. Saturday, as in this Saturday, Kyle Rittenhouse is going to be speaking at this Turning Point event. And the thing is, I've been noticing, okay, Turning Point, and this is a reference, I believe, to the Turner Diaries. And it's a reference of the coming Timothy McVeigh event that I believe is predicted. But I've noticed that this turning point phrase has come up along with the McCloskeys, who are right off the cover of the Turner Diaries. But yeah, speaking of world stage movie, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was born the same day as Greta Thunberg. So to me, these are all just characters planted there to agitate us. It's very formulaic. And so the fact that he's going to be there Saturday, major agitation move, if you ask me. See, and this is how come I think, and this is how come I think, honestly, like just going back to when, when we were talking about the whole John Bonet situation and about uh, the Aaliyah situation and everything, this is why when we talk about this world stage, like I said, when I started writing my book, I started deep diving and really going into like our comp, like the conversations that we have over here and the, and the, and the different comments and everything. And I, I've come to this. As far as this whole entertainment thing with the uh, children and they, and the people that we see who appear on the world stage, these people these people are groomed from the time that they're uh, children. These stories these that we get about them, oh, I went to school with them, so and so, so and so. These friends are manufactured. This this history is of them is manufactured. They'll make some of the persons real. Yeah, they might have grew up in this neighborhood and did this, this, and that. But what they, they don't tell you is that, like, every summer, this child might have went away for the whole summer for, you know what I'm saying, three months. He was gone or she was gone until school was about to, to, to um, um, start. And it's like, oh, where'd you go for the summer? And, and this child would just say, oh, I went away for, like, a camp for the summer or to see my grandparents or whatever. I think these children were being groomed from the time that they were very young. Because, like you said, with the um, with the uh, Rittenhouse and with like uh, Greta, born on the same day, what a damn yeah, yes. And you can find mm-hmm. Greta doing the AOK sign over her eye back right. when she's like three and years remember, old. And, rem- and remember on Twitter when the um, when the script kind of leaked when they had when it was it was yeah like, oh yeah um, when it was like a message from George Soros to Greta this is what you will tweet today yeah her instructions were absolutely right. leaked yeah that was great that was like a reveal and the thing is I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something I think that that like right now honestly what we're seeing people say oh well, they, well this is fake that's, that's fake that's fake I'm like listen what you're seeing is that um we live in a time where like I said this internet allows us to time travel while we're talking about something we could talk about something that happened 20 30 years ago and you can pull it right up on the screen for the people that's watching and research it in real time so it gives us an advantage so that's why when things happen folks can now screenshot it catch it everything and it's like and that's where the war is the war is on art because you turn these things into memes and and they become and they become something that's that's accessible from like I said from the layman onto the most quote unquote woke person. 
War on Art. I like that. It is a war on art. The war on memes. It's a war war on on art and war on ideas. And interestingly enough, I was watching this show 100, and this general or this colonel quotes Sun Tzu's Art of War, saying that the greatest Mm -hmm. generals win without a battle. And that's kind of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think that the mind war is all about subjugating the human race under one single authoritarian ruler without a battle, without a fight. And you know what? And I'm glad you brought that up because it's like right behind me, I have that book, uh, The Art of War. And it's like when you brought that up as far as how the uh, uh, the battles are won, it's because warfare. See, people hear the, the, the word war and they think about the battle, the battle. It's the person who actually wins the war has already won it before there's any type of physical confrontation because that's what warfare is about. Warfare is about your planning, meaning you've already got the enemy so disheveled, so off of key, off of what he's going to do, any plan that it's like you're guaranteed a win. And that's how wars are won. That's why people don't don't look at the act. When they when they think of warfare, they think of the actual battle. No, the auto war talked about how. You prepare, like, you know, you're already waging war before you even, before, sometimes, sometimes you wage war with people before they, they even know that they're your enemy. Yes. In fact, I think that the Cold War was all a setup to giving us all the cold, the flu, that COVID was the Cold War actually winning, that they conquered us with giving us the flu or a cold. And they... And and I'm going to tell you something, and I think that uh, they come up with terms like that. Cold War and things like that, because they know that um, um, subconsciously we retain information, and certain words will rec- um, will become uh, triggers. So when they use later on, like you know, saying cold this, cold that, or whatever, you start to link things with each other, and it's like, like I said, it's a a war on people's common sense. It's a war on on like a coincidence. Like I love that whole uh, coincidence theory. I like that. That's it's like because it's a war on on us who see too many patterns and can see from the fourth wall perspective. Oh yeah, you keep calling out the glitches in the matrix, and they just keep gaslighting. And it used to work, but now that we have the internet and we have this think tank, and we are able to talk to people, like, well, these patterns are legit, and I can point to hundreds of them. Either we live in a simulation. Or they have imposed a fictional universe over the real thing using mass media, which is what religions have done from the beginning. So I kind of think that we're just living in a high-tech, um, a high-tech religion. It's basically propaganda um, is so advanced that they're shaping the worldview collectively, and they do it with it's almost like magic. You know, they put it on the screen and it's I manifested. Think- I think that that's what I think that that's what our our entire shaping from the time, like I said, when we got into school and like our curriculum is, um, and everything. I think that was all uh, preparation. That was kind of like, that was kind of like um, when you have your your laying your basic groundwork for, you know, you're giving your religion and everything when you. You're young and uh, and uh, and all of that, but yet you start seeing religion on television, and you start seeing everything, and they know your attention is going to be more toward that television than anything. So they start showing you religious symbols embedded inside of things that you're watching every day. So you're always 
in tune uh, subliminally with something that they're they're trying to feed to you to where it's like it's hard for you to break out of that this is all spoon fed stuff to like uh, prepare you for like where we are now. Like I said, with the COVID situation, with you know, with the reset, as they Wait, say, in, in two weeks, in two weeks, we all have the opportunity to consciously participate in the rights of the Dog Star Series on New Year's Eve. You'll be the only person at your wow. New Year's party yeah. that knows that. Yeah, we're actually celebrating the energies of Sirius coming down at midnight. Right, and that, and and the thing, and and that's why I. I always say like, like, man, I say, okay, the majority of society, I look at it like this. If there's 8 billion, 9 billion people on the planet, whatever they say it is, 7 billion, whatever. I'll say that, that like the majority is diet woke. (laughs) And what I mean by the term diet woke is that like people have a glimpse of their, their common sense that's peeking through no matter how dumb they are. There's still that that common sense that that makes them question certain things, and that's why I think mainstream media goes so hard to like uh, really script everything to make things seem more worse than they are. Like you know, to keep our society under this fear like cloud, because they know most people are like they're questioning what they they see now they're questioning what they hear now but yet they know mainstream media is like is uh like you said the religion it's the religion so so they have to to keep control of that so so what you'll you'll see is where you have people questioning too much like i said if you don't go with the general con, um uh consensus then you become almost like a mind terrorist yep. that's why when i think yep. about all all the times they shut down your channels and everything, it's like hell. What we should be doing at this point is that somebody should, should man, somebody should be doing a documentary on you and how you've had all these different channels shut down and and different things happen just over information and art. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. It really does. At this point, it's kind of a joke. You know, we can laugh at them censoring us and burning our books, Opinion but. And art. Opinions are or unregulated opinions, and and that's really what they're doing here is they're saying these ideas should be excluded from the conversation, and then the masses agree. Well, every time they agree, they bring the outer ring, the perimeter, the edge of discourse, they bring those ideas um, closer to that edge, and they say, well, that's borderline content. Let's get rid of that, and they keep shrinking the universe of ideas, and I think that's their goal. I think we're living through a new Council of Nicaea, like they're consolidating a new Bible, getting rid of right. all the heretical texts. And I'm a heretic, and and I guess we're heretics here, in that sense. And you know what I always think about? I think about this, like, okay, think about about this. When we look at our history books, right? As a child, from when we went to like school, like, and all of that, and they gave us history books talking about, you know, from from the time that the dinosaurs or whatever or the Earth was created, all of that. And none of that shit had nothing to do with the Bible. But then they give you the Bible and it says that God made this in seven days and all of that. And they get they give you two two totally like you know what I'm saying, uh conflicting stories. But both coming from what they say are credible sources because they teach you science in school, yet you're given religion from home. And and you're even given it in school if you go to a religious school. So it's like 
your mind is already being trained to accept confusion. That's the reason I tell people when I talk about how they're not where me and and, and you are. We're from that that fourth wall looking in. Like I said, we know we've been taught a bunch of different confusion by when you step back and you look at it, it's all media based because even school, when you take, when you take school, when you take like, you know what I'm saying? Mainstream media, when you take uh, entertainment sports, what happens in school, you get introduced to like uh, sports, sports athletes can make a whole lot of money. Most of them are not the smartest people in the world. And I'm not throwing a shot at, you know what I'm saying? Athletes, but it's like, most of them are not the smartest people in the world, but they go out and they get paid a lot of money and they do a lot of questionable things. They get uh, covered up. And then you see now athletes are being used as like, as like uh, uh, public um, uh, spokesmen and yes. entertainers. They're, and they're people. used to commute. Basically it's a mask for big brother. And a lot of celebrities it's are, okay. but athletes in particular, they have, they, like, I noticed when the flat earth meme was getting loose, they had very specific celebrity athletes. They chose to be the carriers of that meme. And it's because they want to target this group and make sure they don't ask certain questions. It's very much right. their mouthpieces for big brother. And that's why, and I, and that's the reason when I, when I first started saying, like, when it came to like uh, the elections and everything, I said when Obama was running for election, I'm like, we saw rappers come out. I mean, we saw like, you know, what I'm saying whomever the top rapper was, or or whatever, like, you know, what I'm saying black rappers and everything. Oh, they came out for him and everything. And I'm like, now, and one of his most famous speeches, he said, everybody won't get to be the next Lil Wayne. And it's like, I'm thinking like, okay, what that was to me was it was kind of like a code to the ghetto <laughs> in a sense. Like, it was like saying, this is what you should strive to be. Everybody won't get to be this, but this is almost like what you should strive to be an entertainer. Like, it's. It's like a grooming process. It's almost like a subliminal message that keeps everybody on the same lower level. Because yes, they did that. I think they did this too with um, social media where they condition us to think that you're living your best life when you're post posting everything on Instagram, live streaming everything and you have a mm -hmm. huge audience and you're putting your personal diary and family albums on Facebook. So now you're destroying privacy. And that's supposed to be some kind of a good thing. So, and I think this is all part of a war on privacy. I think the Vax debate too—it's a war on privacy. And what you just said, like as far as everybody like posting their lives, and then I'm gonna get off of here. But it's like I'll say this: I think that it's like, as far as us sharing this information, is different from how they have people every day who. I have a problem with people that come on and cry on lives and reveal an intimate part of themselves by doing that and, you know, talking about personal situations and, you know, uh, live streaming situations going on in their life. Like you said, when we talked about this whole thing as far as, you know, magic, and then I'm going to get out of here. Um, I think this goes back to magic. And when I say it goes back to magic, it goes back to these damn vampires. The media is vampires. They need your permission. A vampire can't just bite your ass. A vampire needs you to in, invite them in. And as a part of these different uh, rituals, they have to put what they do as the 
uh, previous caller said she was good with that when she said they have to to, to uh, uh, give you this information right out front. They put it out front, no matter how they uh, dress it up, they show it to you, what they're going to do, what they want to do. And we accept it and we take it in as being normalized every day, just things that we do. And when it starts happening to us, then it's like, we can't push back and we can't complain really because even like uh subliminally when it starts happening to us it's like it becomes so much every day and with and with all these phones like and everything we get like so distracted look it's bondage it's bondage look at the devil tarot card you have the couple and they're chained to what looks like a smartphone it's a black cube of saturn but it's a smartphone it's a a screen it's the black mirror the black mirror Precisely. It's the Precisely. black mirror where it's like where where you look into the mirror and it's like you could see you could see so much. You could see things that are going to happen. You could you could see yourself in a different aspect. It's just like I said, man, this conversation could go on forever. But but, man, I appreciate you taking the call. And, yeah, and, hey, put uh, your Twitter. Calls. Yeah, definitely. If you can put your Twitter in the chat, a couple of people are asking, one of the previous callers. So, um, yeah, definitely like what you brought up. The media is a vampire. So, yeah, call back anytime. Art of Thinking Out Loud. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you. Awesome. And if you follow me on Twitter, Real Tim Osman, I retweet pretty much everything. And so um, you'll see some of the callers, like the Art of Thinking Out Loud in my Twitter feed. And let me see if I have it on hand. If, if I don't, I'll, I did put it in the notes on last night's live stream. Um, this has been really great. And like I said, we're going to talk about magic in particular and how it relates to movies. And speaking of hand signs, a caller brought up the uh, sign of the horns and the Church of Satan and how it's so prevalent now. Well, here you have the devil making the live long and prosper hand sign. You know, these signs are ancient, and science fiction, I think, is just a reiteration of an older belief system, an older religion. I think it's all a cult. A case in point, look at SpaceX is actually SpaceX, and here you're looking at what Skylar in my Discord put together. It's a meme showing the true esoteric meaning to Virgin Galactic Space Plane and Blue Origins Space Dong. And if you look at the Virgin Galactic's space plane, it's got an eye on the bottom where it says virgin, but it actually looks like an eye with the sun or it looks like a corona. No coincidences here. Uh, NASA mystery Babylon fertility rites, cult of the obelisk. Space is your new age replacement heaven. I want to say thank you very much to all the chatters, all the commenters. We're going to keep this time slot. I'm working on things behind the scenes, but we have the 24-7 stream up on Dark Matter, and I'll be um, sharing links with everything, as well as the uh, links to the discussion, all the, uh, all the articles. I'll put those in the description below, so thanks for participating. Uh, this is the Masquerade JT33 featuring Symbia. You have now entered the new world order's AI construct, where nothing is as it seems. Your dreams and aspirations have been selected for you. All that makes you who you are was predetermined by the now-functioning AI. Free thought is no longer an option. We now have control over all things, including the very thoughts we allow you to have. Do not try to resist. Welcome to the Masquerade. Welcome to the Masquerade.
Reality's some sort of illusion Every grid that we're living in Still I'm entrenched in the thought That my thoughts are my own And I'm giving in Tired of living with hypnotic psychosis Of going through all of the social media motions I don't care what you're posting in Keep on scrolling through all of the propaganda Keep on showing support You're giving them the upper hand You can find any info to support Any truth that you want to pursue it Truth is subjective I'm being selective And choosing the path and I knew it Welcome to the masquerade We're playing charades Where the world has been staged like a play The play is on the people Either you wake up listening to infinite plane radio stick around for live call-in shows stay for the music and recent replays join us at infiniteplane.live for 24 7 live chat with other listeners <laughs> 